G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, the only national program focusing on union news, workers' stories and social justice issues. This program is produced in Melbourne for 3CR and the Community Radio Network with the support of the Community Radio Foundation on the stolen lands of the Kulin Nation and we pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In 2018, Stick Together reported on a call to arms against the death toll caused by exposure to dust on work sites, particularly silica dust from engineered stone products common in kitchen services. The death of young tradies like Anthony White, a Gold Coast stonemason who bravely went on camera to highlight the horrific results of a preventable disease caused by unregulated work practices was at centre stage in 2018. But the release of the National Dust Disease Task Force report, released last week after two years, has sent shivers down the spine of anyone concerned. It recommends a self-regulatory model for industries where there is a risk of exposure to respiratable crystalline silica, a model that has clearly failed. We follow up on what is being called the new asbestos, a clear and present danger to workers' lives. But first, some union news. The Federal Court has ruled against Qantas over the axing and outsourcing of 2,000 ground workers with baggage handlers, ramp workers and cabin cleaners hoping to get their jobs back as soon as possible. The court stated Qantas axed the workers to prevent them from exercising their rights to bargain for better wages and conditions and to take industrial action. Justice Lee referred to evidence presented in court showing Qantas saw the pandemic as a transformational opportunity and that there was a vanishing window of opportunity for their airline to make changes. Workers have been eagerly awaiting the ruling, with a Transport Workers' Union survey showing three quarters have been unable to secure full-time work since they were sacked by Qantas, and 77% want their jobs back. Transport Workers' Union National Secretary Michael Kane. Well, the spirit of Australia has roared back to life today with this Federal Court judgment. The Federal Court has found that Qantas acted illegally in outsourcing these workers. Now these workers, workers like Theo, Theo who sounded the alarm bell on the virus and substandard arrangements in place at Qantas right at the start of this virus entering the country. He wanted his workers to be properly looked after while they were cleaning planes and not exposed to the virus. Qantas sacked him. Workers who for 35 years have supported the company, who wanted to access their sick leave when they were having cancer treatment, denied that sick leave by Qantas, even though Qantas was receiving millions of dollars in JobKeeper payments. And 2,000 workers in August last year, getting the news out of the blue that they had been targeted by management and their work to be outsourced, axed and outsourced. Today the Federal Court has said no. No, Qantas, no. No to Qantas management, no to your ruthless tactics, and yes to these workers. Yes to decency in Australia, 
yes to our industrial laws protecting workers, yes to our workers having the right to collectivise, to bargain and to take industrial action in support of that bargaining. This is a watershed moment. A labour hire deal covering train drivers at Gina Reinhardt's Roy Hill Iron Ore Mine in the Pilbara has been squashed by the Fair Work Commission after being successfully challenged by the Miners' Union, CFMMU, Mining and Energy Western Australia. Secretary Greg Brusson said the union would now seek to negotiate a fair deal for the drivers who work at the operations of the richest woman in Australia in the midst of an iron ore price boom. The Fair Work Commission full bench decision on the 29th of July in granting CFMEU Mining and Energy its appeal against Karajini Rail's enterprise agreement was the second time the union has had the agreement revoked because it had not been fairly negotiated or adequately explained and include below award conditions. The non-union deal was originally submitted to the Fair Work Commission for approval in 2018 after being voted up by just two drivers. To secure the Roy Hill contract, Labour Hire Group Railtrain set up Karajini Rail as a subsidiary and employed two drivers who were on probation and still in training when they were asked to vote for a new enterprise agreement with worse pay and conditions than existing rail train drivers operating in the Pilbara received. In New South Wales, better red than dead workers win with RAFU, the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union. The workers at the Newtown Bookshop, Better Red Than Dead, have voted unanimously to accept an in-principle agreement with management that will see pay rises, greater job security and health and safety improvements. This comes after the bookshop blocked out workers for taking industrial action last week, a move that raised the ire of much of the literary community. This is the first industrial action taken in the Australian retail sector outside of the meat industry in over 50 years. The conditions won in the agreement were characterised by RAFU Secretary Josh Cullinan as far as superior to any major retail or fast food agreement in Australia. Notably, workers at the Melbourne bookstore chain Readings are currently in negotiations for their own EBA after years of organising, also with the support of RAFU. You're listening to Stick Together, workers' stories and union news. Broadcast around the country every week on the Community Radio Network. First of all, I wanted to begin by telling you about a patient that I recently assessed. So a 34-year-old stonemason. So he's married, um, has three young children, all less than 10 years of age. His work has primarily involved production of kitchen and bathroom bench tops. So as part of his work, he cuts these slabs of stone to size and then he usually uses hand tools to cut out the inserts. So cut out the inserts for the sinks and for the tapware. He's been working in this industry for about a decade and really since the mid-2000s, 95% of his work is with artificial stone, in particular Caesar stones, the most common stone that he uses. <coughs> During his apprenticeship, 
And he did undertake an apprenticeship as a stonemason. He was never educated about risk related to silica dust exposure. And during his work, he was never screened for a possible occupational lung disease. So in 2014, he first saw his GP. He had a persistent dry cough. It just wasn't going away. His GP tried him on a couple of inhalers, thought maybe it was asthma, uh, but his symptoms didn't improve. In fact, he got worse. So over the, the next year, the cough worsened and he became more short of breath and particularly noticed this when he was playing with his kids. So his GP then referred him to a respiratory specialist for further testing. He had a CT scan of his lungs and he had some other testing done and he was diagnosed with silicosis. Because of this disease, he was told he shouldn't return to his workplace anymore because further silica exposure was likely to worsen his condition. So he took that advice and didn't return to work, but his condition deteriorated. So over the following two and a half years, he's now developed what's known as progressive massive fibrosis over a very rapid period of time. He's now short of breath when he walks 100 metres and he can't play with his kids anymore. His lung function has deteriorated to 50% what it should be. And there's no treatment for this preventable occupational lung disease. His only hope now is lung transplantation. That's the voice of Dr Ryan Hoy, speaking at an HSR meeting at the offices of the CFMEU in Melbourne in September 2018. He was outlining the long history of silica dust deaths from the 1930s industrial tragedy at Hawker's Nest Tunnel in the US that had a horrific death toll from dust exposures to the present-day exposures in Australia, particularly apparent with the arrival of Caesar Stone, engineered stone, onto the market in 2001, with young men particularly falling prey to the preventable disease silicosis. But dust is a problem in many industries. Here is a word from an old hand. I'm an ex-bricklayer. In our award, we used to have, if you were doing refractory brickwork, you'd go and get a X-ray. Okay? Now, I work with blokes that did go and get an x-ray. I work with a bloke that had a heart and lung transplant back in 1990, 1991, somewhere around there. He had that because of silica dust. We've known about it for a long time. It's been around for longer than I have. We've got this artificial stone now that's highlighted it. I commend Trades Hall for getting onto it and the unions and doctors for doing what they're doing, educating us fellas. And what Jerry's saying, getting back and educating the people on the job is the most important thing. I've been around the industry for all my life and it doesn't matter what job you go on, like Mick was saying, there's blokes sweeping the floor. We don't have sawdust. They're not wetting it down. There's tilers cutting their tiles dry. I learnt something myself there, that wet cutting, because I'm pretty big on it, after my mate Merv McDonald, may he rest in peace, he died two years ago after having a heart and lung transplant. Anyway, I'll get back to this. He um, passed away, this poor bloke, right? Other than just having a heart and lung transplant, his kidney stuffed up because of the medication. His second wife donated the kidney. 
went and sued him when he got that kidney. That was because of the anti-rejection medication. He said, when I get out of this hospital, Paddo, I'm going to go for a trip around Australia. He got to Darwin. I happened to be working down at Federation Square at the time. The, the security guard got me to come to the gate. Here's me mate back from Darwin with those crutches that come up the arms here. I said, what do you got those for, Merv? Lifted his trouser leg up and his leg was chopped off. You know why? Because he had injection medication stuffed up the veins. Where'd they come from? Silica dust. It's been around for thousands of years. When they built the pyramids, they probably died of it. We really need to get onto it and what's happening now is educating everyone. These young tradies that are dying because of this new artificial stone, they probably haven't been educated enough. They've been working in factories. It's a fucking killer. It is the next killer of construction workers after asbestos. And I commend you guys for coming here and highlighting it. Every job I go on, I'm into the blokes about dry cutting. I feel like the Lone Ranger. I know I'm not, because other reps are doing it as well. It's an educational thing, and it, and it is really, really bad shit. I've probably got a touch of it myself. Because when you're young, you think you're bulletproof, dry cutting, sweeping floors, everything in, in the building industry, just about, it's got, you're talking about the uh, cement sheet. Stick, stick together. together. Yeah. Stick together. together. Yeah. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. You're listening to Stick Together on Community Radio. I spoke to Liam O'Brien, Assistant Secretary at the ACTU, for a union response to the results of a two-year government inquiry into the issue of dust disease. The National Dust Disease Task Force just put out its report, and there's there's many things that are problematic about this report. Uh, to begin with, it narrowed the focus to just silica in engineered a stone, despite significant outbreaks in quarrying and construction and other industries. So there's real problems, isn't there? Absolutely. Uh, you know, about 16% of all workers are exposed to silica in some shape or form. As you rightly point out, engineered stone is really a serious issue. We've got one in five workers in that industry that have been screened, already diagnosed with some form of silicosis. But what we're now seeing is outbreaks, whether it be in construction, in tunnelling and in quarrying, that is really quite alarming. And while we need to make sure that if we are going to have an effective strategy to deal with silicosis, that it's not narrowed to just one industry and applies across all industries, including, for example, mining. Now, of course, everybody's being reasonable and you've put out um, a statement saying that uh, you do support the data gathering, coordination of information and awareness raising medical diagnosis and research. However, this disease is not an unknown quantity. It's been around for a very long time. And this report uh, is actually almost a slap in the face, isn't it? Absolutely. As you point out, we've known about silicosis for thousands of years, as early reports um, 
going back a very long way in relation to silicosis. So it's not a new disease. What we're concerned about this report is it's really failing in terms of prevention. And silicosis is inherently a worker's disease. It's something that is contracted at work because of exposures to harmful levels of dust. We need to be making sure that if we are going to seriously tackle this horrendous disease, which is not curable and which requires often for many people that suffer from it, numerous lung transplants if they are lucky, we must have a focus on prevention. That means we need better standards in workplaces, better regulations that require employers to take into consideration the hazards that they're exposing workers to, rather than what this report does, which is really about identifying people when they're sick. Now, these are important recommendations, but not as important as making sure that we stop workers from being exposed to these dusts in the first place. Now, let's go from the fact that it's uh, refusing to regulate or comply activities for potential exposures across all industries. Let's go straight to the silicosis uh, on engineered stone. Even there, it uh, fails. Absolutely. Engineered stone is an extremely dangerous industry. The engineered stone industry is an extremely dangerous industry, as I said before. One in five workers in this sector are now diagnosed with some form of silicosis. This is not an essential product. Be looking at banning this product as soon as possible. It recommends a self-regulatory model for industries where there is a risk of exposure to respiratory crystalline silica, a model that has clearly failed. Now, we are seeing hundreds of cases every year diagnosed in relation to silicosis. This is because we are not requiring employers in these sectors to take serious action to prevent exposure. Enough is enough. We should be banning engineered stone in that industry and looking at safer alternatives. And in other industries, we should be requiring employers to identify uh, hazards of exposure to hazardous dusts and making them control them at the source. So they didn't even reduce workplace exposure standard. They didn't create a proper standard, did they? Correct. Right now, we have evidence already that our current exposure standard, which is above what the health recommendations are, needs to be lowered. Now, there's been a lot of work done over the last two years to bring it down from what was already an extremely high exposure standard to something that is much lower, but more needs to be done. We are still above what is considered the best health recommendation. And that means that we will still see businesses that comply with the existing exposure standard will still see workers contracting silicosis, and that's not acceptable. That leads on to the next thing, because they can legally uh, continue to create workplaces which are not safe, uh, provably not safe, but then they don't even have anything um, that actually gathers up people using working compensation system to be able to uh, help them after they've actually contracted the, the disease. Yeah, like with many chronic illnesses, our workers' compensation system is unfit for purpose. Unfortunately, what's happening with many silicosis sufferers is that within a few years, depending on the jurisdiction, they lose their income support and they lose their medical benefits. The problem with silicosis is, as I said before, this is an incurable chronic disease. It is not something that you recover from. It's something that you will spend the rest of your life living with. And our workers' compensation system is inadequate in terms of dealing with these chronic illnesses. 
On top of that, for many of these workers, they are essentially prohibited from continuing to work in that industry and therefore need better vocational and education support so that they can transition to safer industries. And again, this is something that our workers' compensation system fails to deal with and must be an urgent area of reform. This has taken two years for the government to show that it's asleep at the wheel, really. Absolutely. We had lots of hopes that this task force was going to open the lid on all of the big issues when it comes to exposure to hazardous dust. And at every point, the task force further refined and narrowed down its area of inquiry. There are workers across the country that are exposed to hazardous levels of dust. We've seen not just the re-emergence of silicosis in this country, but also the re-emergence of other hazardous dust diseases such as coal workers, pneumoconiosis, black lung. And this was an opportunity, an opportunity for the government to put in place stronger measures to protect workers from contracting these horrible diseases. And they've missed this opportunity. What's the union movement uh, proposing to do? Because this is quite clearly a um, call to arms. We need effective laws that provide the powers to workers and their representatives to ensure that they are not exposed to hazardous dust. You know, exposure to hazardous dust is a real serious issue in this country. We have a very high rate of um, occupational lung disease, largely attributable to uh, legacy uh, with regards to asbestos, but increasingly we're seeing exposure to hazardous dust like silica as being the cause for new um, for, for the re-emergence of silicosis. These are all workers' diseases. They are all diseases caused by a failure to provide safe and healthy work. And that means that we need better regulation to ensure that employers take serious exposure to hazardous dust and stop it from happening. Yeah, you have a very uh, simple um, answer too. Uh, the government could invest in product development that could replace engineered stone with a much safer product. Absolutely. You know, we know that for some reason Australia has this fascination with engineered stone like nothing else around the world. There are safer alternatives and we could be investing in locally made and manufactured other benchtop products that would ensure that workers in these industries are not exposed to hazardous levels of silica. Australia has this deep affection for this product that is killing workers in its droves. James, here's an organiser. Um, I'm preaching to most of the room here converted, but the importance of us going out of this meeting and taking it back to our jobs. Have the conversation, but have the conversation in a manner that they take us seriously. We're watching, you know, the older blokes get up, and I know my old man was exposed to it, working in the ship, stripping, lagging, uh, when he was quite young, and there's only two left out of that crew that they used to work with, and they all died from asbestos exposure. We all saw how long that was dragged on after the governments and, and, and relevant bodies knew that it was killing us. They kept exposing us, and we all remember those who were around when it was actually banned. It was the construction unions that did it. This time around, we've got you know educated people up the front that are giving us the MO to take back to the jobs. Go back and have a robust conversation. Um, I would say that's have a conversation where they, they know the only option is you either monitor it and follow our path, otherwise it stops on that job. We've got a government at the moment that's going to probably fine us for this campaign, let's be honest. 
but the only way it's going to stop is the CFMEU is going to go out and stop it. Make sure it's monitored and make sure that we follow the process. We've got WorkSafe in the room. I'll try and be polite. I don't want to speak for the room, but I'm going to speak for the room in regards to the reps. Let's be honest. Many a time we've, re we've requested, as Nick said, for WorkSafe to come out and fix such issues. This issue is not going to be fixed unless we push the, push the point. And we probably will, as I said, get fined for doing things that these people up the front are asking us and pleading us to help with. But it'll be the CFMEU who delivers it, and it'll be you people who are the most important tool in utilising to do that. I plead with WorkSafe, and I understand that you do get you know, interference from relevant governments, etc. But get out there and do your actual job. You're a regulator. There's people here that are genuinely looking after people's well-being and workers' well-being under the Act. We've had many situations where WorkSafe don't come out and support that. I'm, like I said, I don't want to speak for the room, but I'm speaking for the room. This isn't going to happen if it's just us. WorkSafe need to get on board and do what they're supposed to do as well. And once again, the CFME will deliver a better outcome for the next generation. That's it from Stick Together today. Thanks to you for listening. If you want to catch up with the show, we are podcast at 3cr.org.au and on iTunes and Spotify. If you want to drop us a line, email us on sticktogether3cr at gmail.com. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Until next week, remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there is a union for you. And stick together. Come all you poor workers, good new to you, I'll tell how the good old union has come in here to dwell. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? We're starting our good battle. We know we're sure to win because we've got the gun thugs looking very thin. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? If you go to Harlan County, there is no neutral there. You'll either be a union man or a thug for J.H. Blair. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? They say they have to guard us to educate their child. Their children live in luxury, our children almost wild. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Gentlemen, can you stand it? Oh, tell me how you can. Will you be a gun thug or will you be a man? Which side are you on? Which side are you on? My daddy was a miner, he's now in the air and sun. He'll be with you fellow workers till every battle's won. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Now all of you know which side you're on, and they'll never keep us down. Will you be a lousy scab or will you be a man? Which side are you on?